This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Margot's Design Intervention, only on the Home Arts and Garden Network. Margot Needler takes your uninspired living space and turns it into the perfect palace of your dreams. No matter how outdated your design sense, she can help you. Margot's Design Intervention. You're welcome in advance. Pod Cemetery is also made possible by the generous support of listeners like you over at patreon.com slash pod cemetery. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's a double feature. The late night double feature feature show. With 1991's and 2019's The Addams Family. Da-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na. You know, all of that. Let's kick it off with our first Adams Family movie in this double feature from 1991. Directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. This is actually his directorial debut. He has been a director of photography in the past. He did Get Shorty, the first three Men in Black movies, and Wild Wild West. <laughs> Uh, written, of course, by Charles Adams, who created the characters originally. Carolyn Thompson, who we know from Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas. She also did Corpse Bride and Homeward Bound, Secret Garden, and Black Beauty. Oh, my God. And, of course, Larry Wilson, who did Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. You might know both of those people as being collaborators with Tim Burton, who was rumored to have been originally signed on to direct this and then never got involved. Interesting. Uh, yeah, even though you could totally see how this could be a Tim Burton movie. Yes, but... He ended up doing... What's that one about the vampire family? It was based on a, a soap opera. So very similar Dark vibes. Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, we and never of, saw it. No, so. we never did. Yeah. But of course, this movie does star... Okay, here we go. Angelica Houston... Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Dan Hedaya, Carol Stryken, who we've seen on the show before in The Witches of Eastwick, Gerald's Game, and Doctor Sleep. Also, he was in Star Trek The Next Generation and Twin Peaks. Also, uh, Christina Ricci. Kelsey, what is The Addams Family about? Well, The Addams Family, they've lost Uncle Fester for 25 years, and happenstance, he shows back up, although... He's not aware that he actually is Uncle Fester. He pretends to be, but he actually is. And it's just about that. And it's really Reuniting weird and really funny. the Addams Family? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a look into the Addams Family as if you've never seen the TV shows or the comic strip. You know, it's just like, here's this family. Yeah. Here's what their life is like. And the movie was released in 1991. The original TV series was canceled in 1966. 25 years prior. Of course, that would also imply that the kids never age. 
So I don't know what's going on there. Do they know their Uncle Fester or don't they? <laughs> they would have to not know him in this universe. Right. But there is like a connection to, like the idea is after the series canceled, Gomez and Fester got into an argument. Fester left 25 years later, we get this movie. Oh. But then again, that would mean that the kids right. never age. Yeah. So uh, yeah, anyway. The movie is available with a subscription to Paramount Plus to rent for $4 and to buy for about $15. Kelsey, should people watch 1991's Adam's Family? Absolutely. If you have not seen uh, this, you definitely should. Yes. Yeah, of course you should. It's really, really weird. I love how weird it is. I love how funny it is. Yeah, I mean, I remember specifically the Fester mystery being, like, dominant in my mind. The idea that he was, like, the the movie wasn't really clear on whether or not he was actually Fester. And it seems like they just sort of come up with an excuse at the end as to, no, he really is. But apparently when they made the movie, it wasn't, they weren't going to have that little ending bit where they're like yeah he's really fester it was really going to be Meh. and that fascinates me because the idea that he could just not be fester and they just overlook everything i don't know just all of that his interactions with his brother his brother overlooking all the obvious signs that he's not fester and then believing he's not fester and then one of the things that i love 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 about the adams family in general going all the way back to you know the original comics is, I mean, the comics were mainly one panels, right? So they didn't need to commit to any sort of continuity. They could just make any gag they wanted to. And I love that this movie leans into that. The idea that you could have Wednesday and Pugsley legitimately trying to kill themselves and their parents rooting them on. And you just don't have to reconcile that with reality because this is the Adams family. You don't need to, you know? There's something fascinating about that. I just love it. So, yes, you should absolutely watch The Addams Family. Plus, Raul Julia is incredible. This came out when I was, like, three or four. Mm-hmm. I saw this very young. Uh-huh. I think, and I I knew from a very young age, like, The Addams Family, like, are my people. Like, this uh-huh. is what I'm into. This is This is me. And so I really love watching this movie and realizing... Wow, that stuff went right over my head. Uh-huh. Cuz I was a kid and now I can enjoy it even from an adult standpoint. And that's what the other movie is missing. The re the, the reimagined 2019 version. 2019 yeah. mm-hmm. version. It's meant for kids. Whereas this one yeah. has both adult and child humor and I don't mean like racy jokes yeah. you know there is a little bit of that but it's it's actually an entertaining movie mm-hmm. yeah by all means if you haven't already again this is one of those what are you doing you should watch it plus MC Hammer <laughs> Jesus it's just so 1991 you can take our advice or leave it when we get back we will talk about 1991's The Adams Family What do we say? Now. Children! 
put down that antenna. <laughs> I'm blinded by such beauty. How can I compete? You're twice the woman I am. Look, a new chapter. Don't torture yourself, Gomez. That's my job. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does the Adams Family begin? So one of the things I really, really love about this movie, and what I love about just the Adams Family in general, is how in love Gomez and Morticia are with oh, each other. Yes, their relationship is like peak goals. And while that's kind of in the new one, it's not as loving. In the in the new one, it's kind of silly. Right. In, in this one, it is a deep, like, passionate love. Yes. And again, yes, he 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 is, of course, sexually impassioned by her, but that's not what's happening here. It's more of a, like, you are my soulmate. Yes. She is his world. Yes. Uh, and, and he is obviously the more demonstrative of the two, but she is just as much in love with him. Yes. And it's great. It's fantastic. And Angelica Houston is great. She's always got that eye light on, which is so cool. <laughs> and and she was going through, like, torture being in this movie. Yes, we read that she did not have a great time doing this. All she the had stuff a metal had corset. Because uh, they they put her, they, in the 2019 version, they show her putting on, like, yes. a steel corset. I think it might be a reference to this. Yes. Uh, but she is actually wearing, like, a metal corset. She has, like, thread pulling her eyes up in an arch, because her eyes aren't normally shaped that way. I mean, she looks amazing. She looks incredible, but apparently it was not very comfortable for her. But it was comfortable enough for her to come back for the sequel. I don't know if she was just paid enough enough to deal with it. Or if it was just worth it in general, but. I think this movie is great. I'm really glad that she did it. I probably wouldn't do that, but I'm really glad that she was willing to do it. Right. She looks incredible, (laughs) even though, of course, you know, that's fake beauty. I mean, Angelica Houston is gorgeous on her own, but I just think their relationship is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we find out about Fester, who's been missing for 25 years because and so it's before he was with Morticia. So that whole thing about being from the show just doesn't make any dang sense. Because their whole fight was because he, Gomez, seduced You're right. the twins. You're absolutely right. Good uh, call. Out of jealousy. Because he said that Fester could have any woman that he wants. So two reasons why it doesn't work. And they just, you know... Obviously, you have Raul Julia, who's very intense looking. He's a he's a he's a handsome guy, sure. You know, he's M Bison. Uh, <laughs> what? Don't give me that look, Kelsey. Who is M Bison? He's the villain from Street Fighter. Oh, he was in Street Fighter the movie. He played M Bison. Oh. Apparently, apparently, and this sort of ties into this. Apparently, I remember from way back when when it happened. Uh, he wanted to to make a movie for his kids, and I guess his son or something was, like, really into Street Fighter, so he was like, sure, I'll do the movie. And, like, that's the only reason why he did it is because his son wanted him to. But he has one of the best lines <laughs> in all of cinema villain history. For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday. So good. Mm. He's so good. But 
the idea that Fester is obviously the more fetching of the two brothers is ironic and humorous, but they totally sell it. They don't wink at the camera whatsoever. Well, yes, they do. As he's saying that, they're watching a video and he's like, he's like putting his finger in the girl's ears. Like it's, they're definitely winking no, at but, the camera. No, but they're saying that this is attraction in this world. Yes, in their world. Yes. Yeah. And so I love, I love that. It's yes. great. I love how straight-faced they take their world. Yes, uh uh-huh. Of course, there are things that do happen that are impossible. Yep, tons of it. And I don't know why it doesn't bother me here, but it does in the new one. We can talk about it, I think, maybe when we get to the new one and we can compare the moments side by side. But what's what's an unrealistic thing that happens in this movie? Well, I love this scene. I think it is so bizarre... I just I love the idea that in the Adams family in this in their in their version of reality that this could happen. So like at one point Gomez is upset and he's playing with his trains and there's a person inside the train oh, yes. and he's like laughing maniacally That's at Barry them. That's Barry Sonnenfeld by the way. I love that. Yes, I wrote that down. <laughs> but I don't know why that doesn't bother like it doesn't it doesn't bother me here, but then, like, in the new one, like, with the explosions, that bothers me. Well, because, like, every moment is, like, adding to the weirdness, and it's almost like it's it's pushing the envelope of what you'll accept. There is no pushing in the new one. It's just unbelievable from, from word go, you know? Like, there, there it's, it's not flirting with absurdity. It is just absurd. And I think that's probably... The problem, I'd say a bigger problem that the new one has, not to get too much into it, is that the Adams Family has a lot of bad jokes in general, just by the nature of the property. How dare you? But there's something charming and clever and witty about the bad jokes in this, whereas there's just no wit in the new one. It's just, there's no wit, they're not even trying, it's just bad dad jokes that aren't funny. And... I'll get to specific examples when we get to that. But this does, there's a wit to everything and there's a passion in the performance that just, you just have a smile on your face the whole time. So there's a lot of lines, like a ton of lines that I could say. I'll try not to say every single one of them, Uh but like just when we first are introduced to Gomez and Morticia, she's like, last night you were an animal. You frightened me. Do it again. Yeah. I just love the lines. Don't torture yourself, Gomez. That's my job. No, Tish. Oh, God. What was the one? Oh, uh, Fester's mom. So there's we haven't mentioned the whole subplot where Fester is just a, a criminal who works with his rich mother, who they run financial scams. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call them rich. They're they're small-time scammers. Yeah, but she seems like dignified and you so know what I mean? She wants like, you to think that Yeah, she maybe is. that is the case. But d- that's neither here nor there. So he does anything for her. He's totally devoted to her. And when he starts to like fall in love with the Adams family, impersonating in quotes Fester, she says to him, they're not your family, I am. They don't love you, I do. They're evil and corrupt and degraded. I'm fine, mother. I'm completely in control. They're not your family, Gordon, I am. They don't love you, I do. They're evil and corrupt and degraded. I can give you that. 
so great. I can give you that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's a, there's another line. You love this one, too. So when the mother is playing Dr. Pinderschloss, she was saying, love, hate, hate, love, like for mama, no? You love him, but you resent him. Love, hate, hate, love. Like for mama, no? But I didn't hate my mother. It was an accident. Yes. So- <laughs> and that's the next thing I There's a wit to there. There's a wit. Like, you have to think a little bit about it. There's also the commitment. Yes. These actors have to these Again, parts. no winking to the camera whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't hate my mother. It was an accident. Like, there's no <laughs> hint of... He's not being funny. He yes, is not he's deadly serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that commitment. I love Angelica Houston's commitment. I believe their relationship. Mm-hmm. I believe their eccentricity. And what I think this movie really like goes the mile with, and maybe this is just because I've I grew up with this movie, so maybe that kind of colored my vision. But I've also watched though, like I said, the black and white TV show, and uh-huh. I have read the comic. Oh, and I watched the, uh, I think I mentioned before, it was in one of my Easter baskets from my parents, a VHS of the 70s cartoon. Yes, which I had never seen. And I showed her the episode that sticks in my mind the most. Guys, it is terrible. It is so bad. Awful, low-rent, rip-off Scooby-Doo. It's obviously made by the same people and just not even as good as Scooby-Doo. It's it's really bad. Oh, goody! We're headed for the ooze! Ooze? Don't you see? O-O-Z! Ooze! You spelled it the wrong way. That's Sue. Z-O-O. Uncle Fester always was a little backward. But my vision of the Adams family is that they live in our world and are not they do not comprehend that they are weird. Yeah. And they do not have a problem with other people being normal. I mean, do we want to talk about the Munsters? I didn't like the Munsters. I thought they were lame. So the Munsters premiered the same month as the Adams Family, the original TV series, uh, September of 64. And so they were kind of like rival shows almost. Well, the Munsters was far more popular, right? I think so, yeah. But it wasn't, like, based off of anything. So, obviously, the original New Yorker cartoons predate the TV show. And both TV shows premiered at the same time. Munsters is original. So, the 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 first one was The Addams Family. Uh, but as far as, like, the popular culture on television, the TV shows that everyone really actually thinks about... Uh, They were on at the exact same time. So it's sort of like a Beatles or Elvis question. Are you Munsters or are you Adam's family? And you said you're Adam's family. Definitely. I I think that the reason the Munsters is so popular, it was more popular, is because it's more palatable. Oh, very much so. It, it like everything was basically like, what if monsters did normal everyday things? Mm Mm-hmm. Adam's family isn't quite that. No. Because the Adam's family does weird, not everyday things. Mm-hmm. In and an everyday world. In an everyday world, yeah. But both of them are kind of in an everyday world. They interact with everyday people. As a matter of fact, the Munsters had an everyday normal daughter. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hated that. <laughs> that was that was part of the charm. I hated it. But you know, and they were referencing specific monsters, you know, like like Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, there's a witch, you know, like they're specific monsters. Whereas the Adams family are just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just weird. I agree. Adams family for sure. Which is why, like, I don't know. I'm not interested in the new Rob Zombie monsters. Not only does it not look good, like, he's definitely made some choices. <laughs> but they're choices I don't think he should have made. I don't think they work for this. I wouldn't mind maybe seeing a Rob Zombie movie in that style, but the monsters? Why? <laughs> Shouldn't it feel more like a TV show? I don't know if I've seen the trailer, so I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Well, everything's very, like, independent, zero-budget horror movie style. Hmm. You know? Uh, no, it's a bad choice. <laughs> Anyway. So the whole reason that the whole scam happens is because his lawyer. Dan Hedaya. Is trying to, you know, extort money out of him in some way or, you know, manipulate him and giving him, giving him money. Because as far as he puts it, they're loaded and they're idiots. But he keeps failing at, at swindling uh -huh. Gomez. So who's the real idiot? But so it all comes about because he owes money to the woman who's posing as Fester's mom. We don't know why. It's also important to note who he is. That's the father from Clueless. Yeah. Uh -huh. We should also note who his Dan wife Dana. is. Dana Ivy? She's a character actor. You've seen her a billion oh, yeah. times. Uh -huh. I mean, she's been in uh, The Color Purple, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, she's, in, she's the desk clerk in Home Alone 2. Sleep is in Seattle. You've definitely seen her. But she's brilliant. She's so funny because she's like totally normal and like terrified of these people. And then she becomes charmed by them. Yeah. And it's funny because it almost happens because of her husband's scheming. Well, not almost. It does happen. Because right. Of but that. She, she finds herself defending them because when they present Fester as the real Fester and this story, she's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, she, she's not in Th that, on the isn't grift. That's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. Yes, it is. <laughs> Gomez says that. He yeah. loves it. It's exciting. Yeah. That's what I love. The, just his credulity. It's so. <laughs> charming uh, but yeah no she's she sort of joins their side through her own reasonableness and it's it's not really that she's oh she's won over by them but it's more like the more she's well, she exposed, falls in love with it she does but it's more like she's exposed to this world enough just to realize that yeah they're weird but who cares you know what i mean yes and that's it's exactly how I've lived my entire life. It's just uh -huh. like, yeah, everybody's weird. Get over it. Like, yeah, I'm weird and I don't care. Like, it just, yeah. it, it's a weird concept to try and be normal, which is exactly what they wanted to get into in, this, in the new one. But it just doesn't fucking work. It's, it's told yeah. to you like you're reading a five-year-old's storybook. Yeah. But anyway, Fester's whole story is that he got caught in the Bermuda Triangle, which, lo and behold, ends up being the real story. Yes. Well, because, okay, so let's go back to that. It was apparently the cast and crew who were like, I don't know about this Fester storyline. There is no resolution to it at the end. We just kind of all like, and it leaves open the possibility that he's not Fester, and the real Fester is somebody out there. And so <laughs> they sort of decided... To ask if we could make it so where it was 
established by the end that Fester was not actually an imposter. Like he was, but coincidence of coincidences, he's really Fester. Apparently Christopher Lloyd couldn't have cared less. And I, I know part of me is almost like, yeah, no, it was very off-putting, especially like, you know, as a kid, I was like eight when this came out. And that's part of the charm for me, almost, having grown up with it. What is? Because you're left knowing at the end. Right. But I mean, the the progress throughout the movie where you really, really don't know. And every time Gomez gets excited that something doesn't add up. And there's this this weird sort of off-putting feeling that you don't – you can't tell if Gomez is really buying the story or not until, of course, he becomes visibly suspicious when he doesn't know how to get rid of the finger traps and he actually starts to get suspicious and then he puts it all together and then you realize, no, he was actually buying it the entire time. And there's just – I hate to keep using these terms over and over again, but it, there's just a charm to it. When you say he didn't care, does that mean – He didn't care at all about the story, or he thought either way would have been. Yeah, good. he didn't. He didn't care that that he was never established as the real Fester. Oh, okay. Yes, canonically, he is the real Fester. Yes, but again, I absolutely love that they are super. And this is what again, what the new one gets wrong. The Adams family are extremely accepting. Yes, they don't judge other people. Well, I don't know. The new one kind of. When they go to the town and they're all like interested and new and look at all the people and like well, they're very Gomez positive. Is, but yes. Morticia is not. Yes. And that sets up a conflict that feels like it puts up a barrier between the two of them. Whereas this one, she does not buy into the Fester story the same way that Gomez does. Her neither her nor Wednesday buy into it. Like they don't believe it, or at the very least they're suspicious. They question it. Yeah. And so all that does, despite the fact that her and Gomez have different conclusions and different thought processes, it reinforces their loving relationship because Morticia only ever acts to make sure that Gomez doesn't get hurt. And so later on in the movie, she's going to have a talk with Fester and it's like, look, I don't know if I believe it or not, but either way. Don't fucking hurt Gomez. You know what I mean? Like that's so it's it almost like reinforces their loving relationship in this version. Whereas in the new version, it separates them. Exactly. exactly. Which is not what you want out of Gomez and Morticia. No, you want them to be obsessed with each other. Yeah. I love when she is going through, he's, he's, he's unpacking and she's like, let me help you. And he's <laughs> yes. like, no, no. And she's like, cyanide. As if we'd run out. Right. She keeps pulling out things that he's worried she'll be suspicious of. And it's just like, yep, that's totally Fester. <laughs> exactly. And he's freaking out the whole time, thinking that she's going to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And when she walks out, Fester's kind of, like, intrigued at the idea that she wasn't upset by any of it. Yeah, uh-huh. Like. Are these my people? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that was one thing that as a child, I don't think I ever understood. Yeah. That he was worried. Oh, there's she'd absolutely it out. tons of things that go over your head. Yeah. And not in like a Animaniacs fingerprints kind of way. I found prints! No, no, no. Fingerprints. I don't think so. Where it's just, like, naughty stuff that kids don't know. Right, exactly. It's just, like, subtle social things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But my point is, 
I was not thinking that he was worried that she'd figured out. Because I didn't know there was anything to figure out. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, it's normal things, you know. Yeah. Because it? Like, it was just part of their culture. It was yeah. who they uh-huh. were. So, like, I thought. That's normal for them. I thought he was upset because she was taking his things out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So probably, like, the worst kid-like I feel this movie gets mm-hmm. is, and it's odd because it's not with the kids. Yeah. Which, I mean, I appreciate because I love how serious they take it with the kids. Uh The kids, by the way, the whole time, as Chris said, are just trying to kill each other. And it's taken totally seriously and it's great. And we'll talk about the best part of that a little bit later. But the silly part here is when Gomez is taking Fester down to the vault. Because that's the whole idea is that Fester wants to find the money to give to his mom. Yeah. At one point, they have to, like, go down a slide and, like, the music gets kind of silly and you feel like you're watching a little kid's movie in it. it. But I guess the idea is more supposed to be that when they're together, they can be little kids together. Yeah. I cannot play with you. My darling has the flu. They got the rainbow. They got the cellar door. But when we because what they're going to do when they get down there is watch something that is equally as precious as all the money they have. Uh, more so, actually. Home videos. Home videos. Yeah. Of them as kids. So that's what this whole plan is. is basically find a way into the vault so they can steal the money. Do you agree with me? Do you think that's that was ill-placed? Yeah, I agree. It. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily ill-placed as much as it is the silliest thing, probably, in the movie. There's a lot of silly stuff, but it's like yeah. the most childish thing. There, there, I mean, you could argue that the mamushka is really silly, but it's done in a stylized... Yeah. It's not just two adults sliding down a slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making silly faces. Uh-huh. What? Like something you might see on a Nickelodeon game show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. What's going to happen next? Are you going to get slimed? So Chris mentioned that there is a finger trap. Yes. That they're going to try and sell for charity. They're giving away to charity because, yes, oh yeah, for all the, uh, the well, elderly. They, and at the- first she says... Widows and orphans, we need more of them. Yeah. But then, you need more of them? <laughs> at the actual auction, it, they say it's for something else. Yeah. Remember, this year over half our proceeds will benefit the elderly and the mentally disabled. It's just really funny because they end up buying it and, like, it. Back gets from them, themselves. Yeah. And it gets them, like, all turned on. Bidding against each other it's and the money so, keeps going up and they're like. Start making out by the end of it. <laughs> I'll open the bidding at $5,000. <laughs> Not good enough. 20000 What are they doing? I have 20. 25. Caramia. 25. 30. Mosova. 35. It is divina. Mm, 50. I have $50,000. Your turn, my ecstasy. 50000 going once. 50,000 going twice. Sold to Morticia Adams for $50,000. 
It's so good. I love it so much. Uh-huh. I love how weird and strange they are, but how in love they yes, are. Yes, it's just them being in love. <laughs> A lot of this stuff actually comes from either the original television show or the New Yorker comics. I also love the interaction between Morticia and Wednesday. Like, Morticia's always like, I said no. And then Wednesday's like, please, oh, all right. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I just love that. Or like, I don't think so. When she sees her taking a knife and she hands her an axe. Like, yeah. it's just so good. <laughs> I love their friend. They're like, oh, when she says that, I said no. It's because she wants to electrocute him. And then they do. And they just don't address what happens yeah, uh-huh. there. Which... Because these are all single frame comics. Yes. You know, they're all just moments. Don't worry about it. There is no continuity beyond the main plot. I don't know why it doesn't bother me here. Right. It just doesn't. Because it's made for it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not an inconsistency. Because they're not setting up a consistent universe. They're not trying to. Which I think is also why, if it is Fester, if it isn't Fester, it doesn't fucking matter to me. (laughs) Because of the type of world that they've created. Yes. It is because of this finger trap that Gomez is going to get most upset, which is the whole train scene. Oh, yeah. And they all know where the train is on the track based on the sounds and the rumbles around the house. Yes. So great. Dead Man's Curve or whatever. While this montage is happening, we see that the grandmother is cooking along with Grey's Anatomy is out as well. Yeah. It's a cookbook and Grey's Anatomy Joy of together. cooking and yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. For those of you that don't know, Grey's Anatomy is an old textbook, a medical textbook. That's why the show is named that. Yes. But so... While he's playing with his trains and he's upset because he know- he doesn't think it's Fester, Fester is currently looking for the vault and he gets lost. And that is when Morticia is going to have the uh, uh, the conversation with him. And I love the things that she says. So she's like, walk with me. So she- they yeah. go through their cemetery and she's explaining why he's so important to the family. And she's explaining how all these people have died. And she's just like... It's saying, like, how sad it is about this person who died. And she's like, but try telling that to an angry mob. (laughs) (laughs) She mentions that that, uh, the Adamses have a family credo. And our credo, sic gorgiamus allos subjectatos nunc. We gladly feast on those who would subdue us. Not just pretty words. Not just pretty words. Yes, it's so good. And I think that's one of the things that I, I think Kelsey probably like latches on to is that sort of philosophy, how badass that is. Yes. <laughs> I yes. We gladly feast on those who would subdue us. Yes. That's <laughs> great. That's great. I forget why Pinterschloss comes back. I forget where the mom shows up. Oh, because Right. He doesn't so believe. Yeah, so Gomez mentions. It. And she's like, well, then I'll come back and check in. Uh, well, anyway, she the mom comes back. And this is when like, I didn't hate my mother. It was an accident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but she's like, you know, this is displacement. You know, you're just you're just upset about everything. You're guilt ridden. So you don't think it's your brother, but it is. Right. So she leaves, and he's like, she couldn't be more right. What a lovely woman. So chilly. (laughs) And I 
love that they know that she's a, they know that she's lying. Like they know that she's crazy. They know that she's weird and wacko. Well, they know she's weird and crazy. I don't think that they know that she's lying. But it doesn't. They it don't doesn't care. Matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They love yeah. her for it. Uh-huh. They know that their lawyer is crooked, and uh-huh. they love him for it. Yeah, like they don't. They they embrace everything. They it embrace- is a family of no consequences, so they can just live their lives happily. And I absolutely love that they continued that into the sequel. The sequel is also just as good, in my uh-huh. opinion. There, there's plenty of things that it still holds up. Even though it's a sequel. And that's one of the other things. Like, same thing here. It's like, we don't care that you're a villain. Yeah. We uh love that you're a villain. We love all of you. (laughs) I just love that. (laughs) So, okay. Let's talk about the play. All right. The play is so good. First of all, it's not a real play. Oh, I thought it was Shakespeare. None of the lines. Well, I think one of the lines is from one of the Shakespeare plays, but that's it. The rest are just, they made it up. But it sounds so good. It's just all about a sword fight. And it's one of the first moments where Fester reveals how he is actually Fester. And yeah, like you say, connects to the kids when they're they're doing a death scene. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he comes down the stairs and he teaches them how to really do a, a death scene, you know. Give me that sword. Haven't you ever slaughtered anyone? He's only a child. No excuse. Aim for a major artery. That juggler. And he's realizing that who he was under his mother was still Fester. That's why he was so corrupt and crooked. But his guiding light of who he thought was his mother was an awful person. Yes. Versus all the love, (laughs) although there's strangeness, all the love that comes with the Adams family. And that's more in line with how he actually feels. So that's... It's all subtext. They don't say that, but that is what's happening. Uh, And he teaches them how to do a good death scene. And then later on when he's struggling with everything and he's like, I can't go because I got to look for the vault. I can't go see the play. And he just says, fuck you, basically to his mom and leaves and shows up so he could watch the play. So he wouldn't let the kids down. And that play, first of all, it's Raptor Boy. Oh, the kid from Jurassic Park. Yes, who gets his guts metaphorically ripped open. He was also in um, Dream Child. He is the Dream Child. Right, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. He is the crooked lawyer and the the lady who ends up with it, their son. But they don't ever bring that up. Lily Tullard, yeah. When she just leaves to uh be with it. (laughs) He just doesn't ever come back. But yeah, so first we meet him as well. But okay, so this play... They perform the play, and because Fester sent them all the tools, they're able to, like, cut open important arteries on Wednesday, and then Pugsley loses an entire arm. And just on stage, just nonstop fountains of blood as they perform this end scene. And they get up, and they bow, and then they just stand there as there is just utter silence. Nobody's moving. Everyone's agape. And blood is still showering on everyone in the audience. Like, the first three rows will get wet kind of thing. Uh, I just love that moment, how just committed to the bit, and they just sit in it and let you simmer in that for a while until they break the tension by the Adams family giving them a standing ovation and applauding. <laughs> it's so great. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I guess the, the plan was for Fester to find the money and then he'd leave. 
But yes. he hasn't found the money. But no. they're still saying that he needs to go. Uh, because she doesn't want to lose her lackey, I guess. Pinder's lost the mom. Because he's perfectly happy and would rather stay. But she wants to hold on to him. Like I said, probably to hold her on to her lackey. But anyway, they're like, well, we're going to throw a party for you since you're going to go. Uh-huh. There's a couple of really great lines between Morticia and Gomez. Like, you know, he talks about the first time he met her and like, you know, it was at a funeral and no one could even look at the corpse because of how beautiful she was. Uh And, you know, you bewitched me. And how long has it been since we waltzed? Hours. (laughs) (laughs) So good. It's so good. I absolutely love it. But yeah, so they have... This big party. We also get cousin it. Have we not mentioned that thing's been in this entire movie? I think we've kind of sort of offhanded mentioned. Yeah, thing is the hand that runs around. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's important insofar as he's a hand, so he can do things. Right. And he's part of he's part of the Adams family. Yeah. But and it like, was a big special effect at the time too. I remember, like, in all those running around scenes, he's like stomach on a skateboard kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. And and he's actually so there's a lot of stuff where he's um composited in yeah, that's after what the I fact they did no but there's a lot where he's physically in the space like not all but some of the running around the halls and like when he's like on people's shoulders and stuff like that uh, he's really there and then they remove him his body and just leave the hand behind or there's somewhere he's standing on a table sort of and you can totally tell it's just a hand sticking through a hole in a table <laughs> i mean unfortunately it's the worst effect in the movie. No, mm-hmm. it's not. There is a worse effect in the movie. Okay. But anyway, we get to meet cousin it at this party who is just the the hair and the hat. He shows up listening to Too Legit to Quit cuz did we mention there's a lot of MC Hammer in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> this is John Franklin in the it costume. It's Isaac from Children of the Corn. He wants you to Malachi. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. How odd. Well, because he was an adult that had a child's body. I guess. So you know you don't need to hire a kid. And we get the twins who are conjoined. We get all the weird family members, and. The Mamushka. The Mamushka. So there is a version you can watch now that includes the complete Mamushka. There's just more to it that they took out, more singing on Gomez's part. But really, it's basically a celebration. They do it for Fester for returning after 25 years and to establish that he is the real or the ekta Fester Adams. I swear by Mommy and Adams, this detestable Fester's the ekta Fester Adams. So hey, 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 let's dance the dance. A brotherly love. And it is. He knows how to do the dance. Yeah, it, it like it starts to get revealed. He does know it. I remember first time I saw this, I'm like, but he's not. I know he's not. He's that lady's son. <laughs> how does he know the dance? But you know, you're just like, whatever. How do people know all the all the dance routines and musicals, right? You know, like who knows? Just just think of it like that, I guess. But no, later we'll find out again. He is really Fester, but that's also important because Gomez announces publicly that he believes that he is the real Fester Adams, 
Meanwhile, the twins are talking to Tully, the lawyer, and reveal to him that technically the money belongs to the oldest Adam's son, and that is Fester. So they don't need to deal with the Adams family. His plan that he's going to come up with is that the house and everything in it belongs to Fester, and he's going to get a restraining order against the Adams family because he still supposedly retains the trauma from their argument 25 years ago, and he doesn't want to deal with them. So they kick them out, which is a very sort of like film adaptation of a popular series sort of thing where you take them out of their normal circumstances. But it doesn't last for very long. They do stay in a motel for a little bit. And he watches Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> Sally! Mr. <laughs> Mr. Adams, Adams, please! Stop calling! <laughs> we can't tell you where they meet. <laughs> I also love that they go out to sell lemonade. Yes. <laughs> they get asked for a Is Girl it? Scout. Is it made from real lemons? Yes. And she's a real annoying bitch about it. And Wednesday is eventually, and she eventually says, I'll buy some lemonade if you buy my cookies. And Wednesday smartly responds with, Are they made from real girl scouts? <laughs> she's the same girl yes. in the sequel, Adam's yes. Family Values. I yeah. could tell. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But those teeth. <laughs> also, Morticia gets a job. I guess she's. She's in a classroom, but, like, you can't just be a teacher just because yeah. you want to be. So I don't know what's going on there. But, like, she's... She's, like, a teacher's aide or something like that. She's reading to yeah. the kids, and she talks about how somebody gets, like, burned alive. And she's, oh, like... Oh, no, she's... She, it's the Hansel and Gretel. Oh, right. And, and how terrible <laughs> it is that they burn the witch alive. And she asks them a question like a teacher would ask them. What do you think that feels like, children? <laughs> and they just start bursting into tears. And she was about to push them in. When lo and behold, Hansel pushed the poor defenseless witch into the oven instead, where she was burned alive, writhing in agony. Now, boys and girls, what do you think that feels like? So good. I love Angelica Houston. Uh-huh. Really, she's really love it. Perfect for it. Like she's not. I guess she's closer to the cartoon or the comic Morticia, whereas the television Morticia is a little bit more like petite. And she's not. She's like tall, and she's got this sort of like gauntness to her. So it's more like the comic than it is the original TV show. But yeah, it's like she's made. For this part. Perfect for it. <laughs> and Gomez becomes really, really depressed throughout all of this. That's why yeah. he's watching Sally Jesse Raphael. And like at one point, Angelica Houston's like, why don't we go for a drive? <laughs> a drive? And Miss Gilligan? <laughs> Gomez, why don't we go for a drive? The whole family. A drive? And Miss Gilligan? <laughs> Just Gomez Adams saying Wanting Gilligan. To watch Gilligan. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yes, we're Sims for the Adams family. Deal with it. <laughs> so. So, of course, Angelica in Houston, when she hears that, she's just like, oh, no. This needs to stop. So she goes to the house and she's like, I, I demand to speak with Fester. 
Well, what they end up doing is they end up taking her in and they like start to torture Tie her. her up. Danadea like does the, the crank thing to stretch her out. She's like, you've done this before. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's just like totally into it. Yes. <laughs> and they pull out the red hot pokers. Uh-huh. Which later, when Gomez turns up to save her, he's like, Tish, red hot pokers, stretching later, dear. <laughs> yes. He's going to show up because Thing goes with her and he is unseen, sees that she's getting all tied up, and he goes back and gets the family. Yes. And he comes bursting in and fighting them, and then they hold him at gunpoint, and they force him to go into the vault and when he's about to pull the the book, Fester's like, oh, no, Gomez, don't think we'll fall for that trick. That's not the right book. And Gomez just, like, sort of looks at him. Because he knows like, it's the right one. Yeah. And so then Fester pulls a different book. Hurricane. Yeah. and Because we've already established that when you open up the books in the Adams family home, whatever the title is. Gone with the wind. There's a lot of wind. The sun also rises, I think, is what Tully's reading in quotes when he's tanning. Sun, yeah. Yeah. And so this is a book on hurricanes or something. And they sort of, like, give each other a wink. So they know they're on the same side again, which is great. And then, yeah, they op- he threatens his mom. He tells her he hates her or whatever and get out of his life. And he opens the book. This is the worst effect in the movie when they're swirling around the room. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. But this is the this is how they wrap up the Fester storyline. He gets struck by lightning. And that sort of rejiggers his brain. Because he really did have amnesia. Amnesia. And he really did get lost in the Bermuda yes. Triangle. <laughs> She somehow found him. <laughs> yes, she just happened to find him. They happened to discover that he looked just like Fester. Yeah, uh-huh. And they just didn't know that he was actually Fester. And while she's while Morticia was being tortured, she says to Pinderschloss, I know that's not her real name, but you know who she The mom, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's just like talking about how crazy she is. And she's like, we could have been such friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, I know I've seen the sequel more times, I think, than I've seen the original. I know that they do I feel do like the, the sequel is on TV more. Yeah, I, I know they do the same gag at the end, but it works just the same. Right, with Joan Cusack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Works exactly the same. Yeah, I guess an interloper through Fester is sort of like the commonality between the two movies, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it works just as good. Yeah. Everything's sort of back to normal at this point. We cut well, to seven months later. Okay, so they, the weird, the terrible effect happens, right? Yeah. And they're swept up in this wind and they fall into these open graves and there are Wednesday yes. and, and uh, Pugsley and they're gonna, they're gonna like bury them. And Pugsley asks Wednesday, are they dead? And Wednesday says, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut away. Seven months Seven later. Seven months later, it is Halloween, and they're going to play a game called Raise the Dead. It's very unclear what the game is, but You're Wednesday and Pugsley, cemetery, like, knock. Asking them to wake up. Right, but Fester and the adults, like, have shovels. They're going to dig them up. Like, if you really want to raise them, you got to dig them up. You have to dig. That's half the fun. And then you hear Fester yell, children, look, great aunt Lavinia. She was beheaded by her own children. And the, and the kids come running to him and they go, yay. Yes. <laughs> also, though, okay, so the lawyer's wife ended up with it. With it, yeah. And uh-huh. they show up and everybody's dressed up. And I think Pugsley is dressed up as Fester. And she looks at Wednesday 
And Wednesday's not dressed up. And she goes, honey, where's your costume? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. And Wednesday goes, this is my costume. I'm a homicidal maniac. They look just like everyone else. So good. So good. Christina Ricci was great. Perfect. Yeah, she's Perfectly so, cast. so good. Mm-hmm. Here. And then in Casper. <laughs> oh, Casper. That's Casper, crazy. that is certainly a movie. Uh, but that is the end of the movie. All's well that ends well, I suppose. At least as far as the Adamses are concerned. I mean, I could go on and on about the great lines. I love the aesthetic. You know, that comes from the originals comic. And, uh-huh. you know, lots of people have emulated that. Um, that gory guy. Edward Gorey. You know, it's all very similar. But I love that aesthetic. Uh, Tim Burton, you know. Yeah, but Tim Burton kind of got his from Edward Gorey. Right. And you can see why they would have wanted someone like Tim Burton to do this. Uh, But I feel like if Tim Burton had had at it, a lot of the energy might not have been there. Yeah, I think for some reason. Maybe that's not true. Beetlejuice had lots of energy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it was written by the guy who wrote Beetlejuice and the girl who wrote Nightmare or helped write Nightmare and who wrote Edward Scissorhands. I mean, that sounds He he needs the right collaborators. He really does. Yeah. I mean, it's a dream come true. That's why this movie's so good. Uh huh. So, Kelsey, what do you think the Addams Family has on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, it's like a 79. 66. The movie is peppered with amusing sight gags and one-liners, but the disjointed script doesn't cohere into a successful whole. Mm. Metacritic 57, cinema score B. Do you think that that is overrated or underrated? Underrated, for sure. Of course, yeah. Although it is technically fresh. Yes. I will give it an 80. Yeah. I really, really like this movie. It's a kid's movie. Uh-huh. It's not... It's not like a quality film. Right, it's not an incredible piece of film. Yeah. You're not going to get terrified. It didn't, uh-huh. you know, it didn't rewrite what a horror comedy kid's movie could be, but it's right. very good. Uh-huh. And you know what? Nostalgia factors in as well. Yes. I think I have to give it an 80 as well. I think that's a great score. I think it deserves to be up amongst the great movies, but like... It's not an impeccable film or anything, (laughs) so we'll give it the lowest score there, which is an 80, so. Yes. All right. That is 1991's The Addams Family, but Kelsey, this is a double feature. The Late Night Double Feature Show. So we're also watching the 2019 animated reboot. This Addams Family was directed by Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon. Uh, It has a screenplay written by Matt Lieberman based on a story by Erica Rivanoia and Conrad Vernon. And it stars... (sighs) Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Finn Wolfhard, Nick Kroll, Allison Janney, Titus Burgess, Elsie Fisher, who is the chick from 8th grade, Jennifer Lewis, and also... Cameos, I think you can only say generously, by Snoop Dogg, (laughs) Bette Midler, who has a bigger role, Martin Short, and Catherine O'Hara. 
they all are like relatives and they get like one line. In the case of Snoop Dogg, he technically doesn't really even get any lines. Mm-hmm. Bette Midler, a song in there. Yeah. Bette Midler is granny, so she has the most, but well, she's not very consequential. During the seance scene, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so you get a lot more of her, but like Martin Short, I don't even, I couldn't tell you which like, character he is. He has like two lines. Yeah. He's the grandfather, right? He is, He's yeah. part uh-huh. of the seance. He's talking during the seance yeah. as well. And Catherine O'Hara is there too. So, yeah. He's the one that tells the story about when she joined the Girl Scouts. Well, that didn't stick with you me at all. You got bored when you found out you couldn't roast them on the campfire. Ah, okay. Kelsey, what is this Adams Family all about? It is the idea that you should accept all people, no matter who, what they're like, and love everyone, but it's not told in a funny or clever way. It is told, like I said, like a fucking five-year-old's book. Yes. Here's, here are normal people. Here are weird people. See how these two can be friends? So can you. Yeah, uh-huh. It also oh, and does. there's the whole story about fucking Pugsley. Yeah. It's so boring. It is and, incredibly boring. And he barely talks, and I know I noticed that he d- barely talked because every time he did talk, you're like, "That's Finn Wolfhard." Yeah, that's Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> like, you know, not even trying to do any kind of voice at all for a Pugsley character. Yeah, I would say for the most part, all the voices pretty much sucked. I thought that I couldn't tell it was Charlize Theron. No, I hated her voice though. It was a weird choice, but I couldn't you could, tell. I could it was tell her. it was her putting on a voice, oh, and could? that's the problem. Mm. Is you could hear it's her doing a voice that's very unnatural to her. Mm. Oscar Isaac was just doing a simple accent. Nick it was Kroll fine. Was doing Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll was being Nick Kroll. Yeah, but I mean, he's very much like the Fester I remember from the '70s cartoon. See, I didn't watch that. Yeah. Allison Janney, though, I thought was, like, the one who is, oh, this person belongs in an animated film. Oh, she was the the villain? Yes. Uh-huh. Basically, the whole premise. The whole Yeah, she was. The whole premise is that there's a makeover show that's building an entire incredible home town. makeover show. Yeah, a home makeover show. And it's run by Allison Janney. And if you if you watch home makeover shows, oh, it's so real. It's perfect. It's so real. <laughs> and so they drain the swampland because they need to sell a lot of these houses in this perfect, you know, ticky tacky neighborhood. And when they do that, the fog lifts, and then everyone can see the crazy Adams house on the hill. And the Adams house sees that there's a town there for the first time because they never left their home, which also seems weird, but yeah, whatever. It seems very strange. Yeah. And so then they sort of clash, and ultimately, this woman, Allison Janney, who, who runs everything, uh, becomes the villain of the movie. But parallel to that, there is a sort of rite of passage dance involving swords, just like the Mamushka, mm-hmm. but for Pugsley because he's becoming an Adam's man. And it's a plot line that's straight out of a kid's afternoon TV show mm-hmm. where, you know, he doesn't practice and he doesn't practice and he, he doesn't, doesn't practice. Do it. It's not him. And then come the night, he can't do it. And then he has to apologize. I accept you for who you are. And then you find out that his secret talent that he he really cared about, that his father tried to make him stop doing, is basically just that same thing, but just in a different, newer context. And it saves them all at the end. Yes, it it feels like a shitty sitcom plot. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. And yes, I get that the plot from the original is silly. 
But it's a story. Right. That like this just feels like it's so trite. It's incredibly trite. It's a kid's book. It's a it's a kindergarten story yeah. that you read to kids mm-hmm. trying to teach them to be accepting. So that might sort of be putting the cart before the horse here. The movie is available with a subscription to Prime and Paramount Plus. Like we barely have to say anything. I know. This. You can rent it for four dollars on Apple and Amazon and six dollars everywhere else. Uh, you can buy it for fifteen. Kelsey. Get it on record. Should people watch the 2019 Adams Family? I would say no. Yeah, I'd say no too. I'd say no. And it's a bummer. I don't think it's completely they devoid of moments. promise. There, there are, are moments for are sure moments. I don't like the Wednesday story, but there but I think that she was I at like least it better. Was at least interesting, a little bit interesting. Yes. Uh huh. And when they gave each other makeovers, I thought that that was, you know, just to antagonize their parents. Like, I thought that was interesting, at least. Right. But I don't want her mother to be judgmental. Right. Exactly. That's not the Morticia. Exactly. Like, the Morticia is just the wrong Morticia. Also, the humor, like I say, it doesn't have the wit. Like, they're all really bad and lame jokes, but you still laugh at the ones in Adam's family because there is sort of a wit and a charm to them. This lacks that. There's a moment that I think is key that gives you an idea of the type of jokes in this movie where they need to get over a gap in the middle of the floor that is there for no good goddamn reason. How do we how we're supposed to get over this gap? And all these spiders come out of Morticia's dress, which I'm like, okay, all right, intriguing. She has spiders up in her dress. But they form a bridge and they walk over the spiders and then Morticia says, "We call this surfing the web." That's the kind of humor that you're going to get in this movie. They're not surfing There are no webs. What the fuck would Morticia know about the internet? Like, why would that be a joke that's told in this context by that person? It's just they somebody thought of something like, oh, get it? Web. They're surfing it. But they're not. It's such a stretch of a joke for a payoff that's incredibly lame. So it lacks all charm and wit that you get in the 91 Adams family. And it just drops the ball so many times because of that. But they are wonderfully weird. They are kind-hearted for the most part. You know, they get those aspects well, right. I hate that it has to be that they... What the first movie did so well... Take, exa- for example, uh, The Lawyer's Wife. The Lawyer's Wife doesn't change, guys. She does not suddenly change the clothing that she wears. No. The way that she talks. The things that she does... She stays the same. She has just simply fallen in love with it. She, she's broadened her horizons and that's it. This movie, the two daughters have to do a complete transformation uh-huh. to understand that you have to accept people. Uh-huh. The mother and Morticia have to learn to accept each other the way that they are. Like... I guess the best example of that they got going is that Fester is going to end up with the villain. Very and the much. The villain kind of stays the same. I mean, no, it's very similar to what happens in the 91. Kind of. With the villain's wife and it, except, like you say, she doesn't have to change completely who she is and what she's interested in in order for this to work. But they needed you to walk away with there are no actual villains. We can redeem everyone. Now we're supposed to be, like, rooting for them because Fester has signed off on the fact that she's okay. I don't know. Fester is not really a moral arbiter in this movie. 
Right. I don't know. It's got problems. It, it does. But, I mean, the design's really great. I love the character designs. I, th- I think they remind me more of the of the comic and the cartoon. That's that Fester. That's that Gomez where he's sort of tall, but he has a round head. Wednesday has that great added feature that they never comment on, but it's consistent throughout where her braids form a noose on either side. And it's just fun stuff. Like, it's not completely devoid of merit. This isn't a zero or anything. It's just it's another one of those movies that's disappointing for what we know it could be. Mm-hmm. You can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2019's The Adams Family. What a lovely morning. Wake the children. All right, I'm awake. What kind of topsy turvy place is this? So different. Pugsby, don't drink it all. This gentleman wants some, too. Have a good day at school, dear. Do your worst! Ah, this is a children's prison. Who's that? You shouldn't mess with me. You don't want me. I'm Parker. My name is Wednesday. You don't have a cell phone? Well, you don't have a crossbow. And I thought everybody had one of those. Wednesday! Great shot! To just go crazy and shock my mom. You happen to be talking to the queen of shock. How dare you enter this house like that? Parker claims it brings out my smile. You don't have a smile. But I have a lot of things you don't know about. Who did this to you? I did. This is my new look. Those Adamses have gone too far this time. These people are freaks! No one torments my family but me. This day is becoming most wonderfully disruptive. Good news, everybody. Pugsley's gone. Wednesday. Dig up your brother at once. (sighs) You're weakening the gene pool. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does 2019's The Addams Family begin? On a high note... We start by seeing Morticia Adams wake up and getting ready for her wedding. wedding. Yeah. And it's really good. Uh, she's got the metal corset just like they she really wore. She has to, uh, like, use drills to get her boots yeah, on. Yeah, that was really cute. She uses her parents' ashes as makeup. Yes. <laughs> she staples her ears as earrings. Uh-huh. It's all very good. I really enjoy it. And I, I say that like it's shocking. And I understand that is how we do. Yeah. And, but it's not the same thing. Right. <laughs> Morticia and Gomez are going to have their wedding at like midnight. And their wedding party, which includes, you know, all of the Adams family. They're there to celebrate. They are all chased after by an angry mob. Yeah. Okay. Now, they definitely said that in the original movie that we just watched. Like, you know, tell that to an angry mob. You know, yeah, like, uh-huh. this this has happened to these people before. But the idea there, they're going through a cemetery. Like, they're looking at people from their ancestors. Uh-huh. You know, the eight, throughout the ages. As opposed to this happening, like, 25 years ago. Right. In the late 90s. <laughs> you know, like, I just, like, I don't know that I believe that. Uh-huh. But... 
13 years is the is the gap. Oh, right. I'm yeah, thinking about uh-huh. the first movie. Uh-huh. 25 years. You're right. It's 13 years. So in the 2000s. Uh-huh. Then again, we've seen people. Oh, yeah. No. We've yeah, seen I wouldn't angry moms. I wouldn't put anything actually, past people. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I take it back. I totally <laughs> take that all back. Uh, thinking about the last 20 years. Okay. So they're interrupted by an angry mob. So they run away. And it's like, where are we going to find a place? And they just happen to come across this, like, mental asylum. But Because they Lurch, run into Lurch in the road, who is, like, escaping from the mental asylum. But the asylum isn't being run anymore? Right. Yeah. I do kind of like the idea that they just start treating them as their butler, and then he just I love stays. that. Yeah. I love that. But it just doesn't make any damn sense. Uh-huh. He escaped from what asylum? Because this asylum hasn't been running for and a not, long time. And not in a fun way like if he was always in that asylum and he wasn't trying to escape then that i would be fine with him being in an abandoned asylum right. or whatever like that would be fine but if he's trying to escape escape from what there's nothing going on yes you did not mention that their ritual for getting married what made them married is that they put the lime in the coconut and they drink them up to commence this ceremony and deliver these two into the yawning void of matrimony. We put the lime in the coconut and drink them both up. Oh, is that in? This? That's in the wedding. Is at the very beginning. At the very okay. beginning. I remember yeah. that uh-huh. happening. I didn't remember when it happened. Yeah, and uh, you had said to me, I don't know if we got this on the episode yet or not, but you had said to me that it seemed like they were really proud of the licensed music that they got. And so this has all the elements of that sort of like Illumination style movie where 10 seconds of the trailer is devoted to them just slamming names on the on the screen. Just like, look at all these celebrities that have never voice acted before in their lives. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be excited about that. And then it's just like pop song after pop song after pop song. Now, yes, the original had MC Hammer. So like the idea that you include pop songs is not strange, but there are like entire breaks in the movie just to play a pop song. And it doesn't always work thematically. No. I Sometimes mean, they try, but like there are times when it's just like that song has nothing to do with what's going on what in the they, film. What they do with the 91 version is they, they, yes, the whole movie comes to a screeching halt so they could do the mamushka, but it's a, it's a, custom song written for the movie yes and it's supposed and it's to... thematic yes and and yes this it's just like hey lurch is somehow on the... well okay lurch has kind of always played the piano right yes, yeah okay, uh-huh. yes lurch has always played the piano but like th- in this version he knows how to play like we said like pop music and it's like that doesn't really fit right uh-huh It'd be one thing if he found, like, a book of music and it had all these songs in it. That would at least be funny. That would uh-huh. at least be like, let me learn how to play the Air Supply song, I'm uh-huh. All Out of Love, or whatever it is yeah, that he uh-huh. plays. What is the song that he plays? Is that when he plays Everybody Hurts? Everybody Hurts, yes, by R.E.M. Yeah, like, it's because they're sad, and that's fine. Uh-huh. But... It's like they're really excited to have this music. And I'm like, I don't know who this music is for because the kids aren't going to like it. Right. For obvious reasons, because it's not there. It's not it's not, you know, what's in style at the moment. And then they played music like that. And that's too old for the parents. Like, I'm just like, who are you trying to appease right now that you're so excited to have this song? After they get married, they do say the line. 
unhappy darling, yes, completely. Uh-huh. And again, it started on a high note. I was like, okay, yeah. I like where this is going. And then it just... It starts to just fall apart here. Oh, the, they do steal straight from Amityville Horror, which I'm fine. The Adams Family using horror tropes. Like, sure. But I wish there had been more of them. There aren't a lot. So it made this one feel like it should have been really important. Right. And like maybe that they were going to do more things that have to do with Amityville Horror, but they didn't. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening is the house is telling them to get out. Like it does to that priest with all the flies and everything like that. Get out. They stick around and they're like, oh, this is a great addition to a house. A house that tells us to get out. That's awesome. That's very Adam's family, right? Yes. And then... When all the people come from the city, the house is like, oh, I'm out of here. And he just leaves and it goes and haunts a pond. But we don't see anything with him haunting that pond. It just goes into the water. I think it's water, right? Something like that. I don't that. remember. Just goes somewhere else. And then when the Adams family wins, it comes back. That's the entirety of the story with this haunted house. There's a house. joke about giving it coffee through the pipes. At the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then they just forget about it mainly, you know, mm -hmm. for most of it. Anyway. I do enjoy when they first walk in. It's creepy, kooky, mysterious, spooky. It's home. Like, I liked yeah, that. Uh -huh. I liked that they, and then they played the music. I uh -huh. like that they didn't turn it into a song right then and there. There were good things here. Right. We get a little bit of a montage to show us how time has passed. She has Wednesday, then she has Gomez. And it's all Gomez, through... She has Pugsley. <laughs> it's all through pictures on the wall. Yes. Um, and then we get, you know, we, we're told it's been 13 years. Lurch is reading Little Women. Which I thought was odd. I think it's just supposed to be... That he's sweet. Anachronistic. Not not even anachronistic, but it's just like, you know, it's it's it doesn't fit. Right. You know? And the thing is looking at feet pics online. What is that supposed to mean? Because he's a hand. Like, right, when, he's a hand and he has a foot fetish. I understand, but I, that's I, just I'm, funny. I'm so confused. It's just funny. Like in the original, when, he, when they get kicked out and they have to take all their belongings and he's pulling a wagon full of like hand-related things. Everything that's hand-related. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much hated everything about the Pugsley story. The Saber Mazurka? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was extremely boring. It's entirely for children, his entire story. Like, he loves blowing things up, and they do all these, like, action sequences of him blowing things up. Yeah, just... It's just has... dull, boring shit. And, like, there's no... there. Like, it's not a plot. Like, he's supposed to be doing the Saber. He doesn't want to. He's not good at it. His dad doesn't want to see it. And then his dad accepts him. Like, that's the whole story. And yeah. it's so dumb. And I'm sorry. I am a Finn Wolfhard fan. Like, it feels like I'm not. Because I, you didn't like him in The Turning. <laughs> I didn't like him in The Turning. And I couldn't stand him in this. I was, every uh -huh. time he spoke. And he didn't speak a lot. That uh -huh. was also a weird thing. I was like, did they know he wasn't a good actor? Like, a good, like, voice actor? And that's why they didn't give him a lot of lines? Because I feel like he barely talks in this movie. But every time he did, it was just screaming in your face, this is Finn Wolfhard. He is doing nothing to try and sound like he He's younger than he is. Like, you know, like... No. It, like, there, it, mm. there are two celebrity voice actors that I think did a great job in this. Uh, eh, maybe I'll also give a nod to Bette Midler. She doesn't talk very much. 
Um, she but she has more lines than like Martin Short, <laughs> but she doesn't the talk movie very is much. Mostly Morticia. Morticia is terrible. But she's the one who talks the most. Right. Like she has the most lines of anybody. Gomez, Oscar Isaac. You could tell it's Oscar Isaac putting on a voice, but it's a fun voice. Whereas like Chloe Grace Moretz and Charlize Theron, no, because I could tell the entire time it's that's that celebrity going like this. I thought they did fine. Oh, but Gomez. You know, like putting a vague sort of is that a British accent? Like what Yeah, there was a strange, like, like odd. I accent know what going you on. should sound like, and it it's it's something I can see through. And Finn Wolfhard, who didn't try at all. <laughs> Whereas Oscar Isaac, Nick Kroll, Bette Midler. Uh, Nick Kroll was being Nick Kroll. Yeah, but he was doing a Nick Kroll voice, but that's just because he does so many voices. But this is this is the closest thing to a Fester voice, as far as, you know, my childhood thinks, right? Titus Burgess, like, you wouldn't even know it's him. He, it's like he was made to do voice acting. Allison Janney, great. But it's just like the big names that they got, aside from Oscar Isaac, not very good. <laughs> and I was a little bit disappointed. The Wednesday storyline is fun, though. Do we want to talk about that? The Wednesday storyline is only fun because they totally changed the characters, and that's not okay. They were like, we want to have the theme of this movie be to accept all people, and to accept people no matter what. However they look, however they dress, however they act. And let people be the way they want to be, despite what you may think that they are. But this movie was like, you know what? We feel like the other movies already kind of did that. So let's put our own little spin on it. Stay with me. Let's make it so that both the Adams family and the normal people have to learn that lesson. Right. And it's again just, very sitcommy. Yes. And it's just like you don't understand who the Adams people are. And that sucks. Like right. you don't understand that the Adams are great because they're kooky and weird and they don't know that they are. Right. But I mean like <sighs> I, I agree with you that what they did to Morticia was terrible. Like, they done her dirty in the Wednesday storyline. I like that Wednesday shows up, and the most shocking thing that they can imagine is that she's wearing a colorful unicorn beret. That is a funny storyline. Yeah. It is a funny thing to see within the Adams family. Yeah. But it only works because they ruined her character. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, also, the the Frankenfrogs is dumb. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, in her classroom, she builds this thing to bring back life to the to the frogs, and I'm just like, and then okay. it brings every frog back to life, yes, magically, and they all decide that they are going to they follow follow her direction yes. and chase after the bully girl. It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's what they did is they had a good idea and then they took it too far. The idea that they're in science class and they're supposed to be dissecting the frog and she brings it back to life, a la Frankenstein, is clever. But because it's a cartoon and we need to go big, let's have her just build an entire Frankenstein contraption in three seconds in her classroom. And then let's have her bring all the frogs back. And then let's have them do her bidding. And let's, you know, like it's no, just the joke is that they're supposed to be dissecting the frog and she brings it back to life. That is all you need. Stop there. I actually wrote down, I thought the more clever, funny thing to do. Because she initially turns to her partner, Alice and Janney's daughter, 
Who plays her, by the way? Uh, it's the girl from eighth grade. Okay. What I what she says to her is, "Don't worry, I've done this thousands of times." Funny. I would have thought it would have been way funnier and cleverer <laughs> if she had done just the most incredible dissection you've ever seen. Right. Like she, you know, has, knows yeah, all no, the labels and like puts them all like out and on display, uh-huh. like way above and beyond. Something what, you might expect to see in a museum or yes, something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. That's where I thought they were going to go with it. And I was like, ooh. And then it, that would have been cool too. And then it ends up being this really stupid kid's joke. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But let's point out some good thing. Oh, I'll point out one good thing that I know them here uh-huh. on my notes right now. Yeah. They're all sitting there at breakfast and Fester is there. He's shown up early. So like more and more of Gomez's family are going to show up early. Gomez is worried that Pugsley isn't going to fail his saber thing. So he, he is keeps fail it, yeah. So he keeps asking his family members to come early. He also wants them there to help Morticia. And I kind of love that Morticia's like slowly like, really? You invited yeah. your mother? Fester's here two early? weeks early. Yeah, your like, mom's here a week early. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I kind of love that, like, she's got kind of that normal yeah. uh-huh. wife. Great! Your family's <laughs> here, you know, type thing. Awesome! Uh, your mom can help me in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, but so, when Fester shows up, I forget why they talk about addicts. Oh, Right, she says, we'll make up the room for you or whatever. And he goes, don't worry about it. I'll sleep in the attic. You won't even know I'm there. I've had plenty of practice. Right, yeah, and you're like, what the fuck is he doing in his normal life? Yeah. (laughs) If I'd known you were coming, I would have prepared the dungeon. Nah, please, don't worry. I'll sleep in the attic. You won't even know I'm here. I've practiced that move in a a lot of people's homes. (laughs) Like certain lines like that. Oh, are there's very a great good. line when Wednesday. Assu- I think it's when Wednesday assumes that Pugsley is going to fail, and if he fails, he is not an Adam's man, and he and they're worried. What's going to happen? Is he going to be ostracized from the family or whatever? One of the cousins was ostracized. Yeah, and and Wednesday says, "I'll never forget you, Pugsley," as she's walking away. But I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Yes. So there's like, there is good stuff about this. Yes. Okay. There's also a really funny part where Wednesday shoots Uncle Fester. Oh, he constantly gets shot with arrows through this, which is a kind of funny running gag. Oh, I disagree. It 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 wears out. Every time it happens after this, it gets worse. Well, because they don't do anything different with it. It's all like he, he gets hit by arrows in the same scenario, in the same place, doing the same thing. Like twice. Like two times. Like he's up in the bathroom and he gets hit. And then later on he gets hit again. And they don't do anything surprising or new with the second time. It's just that same well, he joke says again. Good, good shot or whatever. But the first time, the yeah. The first time is great because the first time he gets shot. He doesn't realize it. And he puts his hand out for rain. Oh, yes. That was really funny. He thinks it's raining, so he puts his hand yes, out. Yeah. Uh-huh. That I like. <laughs> really liked that gag. But another thing that they do with him is later on, he's naked, and you see a tattoo on his back that says, no regrets. They just fucking stole that joke. That's my credo. No regrets. Mm-hmm. You have no regrets? Dad? No. Nope. Like, not even a single letter. 
No way. <laughs> not me. A tattoo that says no regrets and it's spelled wrong is not their joke. And it's a joke that like everyone knows. And if they don't know, that's just you trying to take credit for a joke that's not yours. What's funny is that the, the younger the audience is, the more likely they are to not know the joke, but the more likely they are to not get the joke. Right. That is true. <laughs> but my point is, it's like, yeah, but now you're just setting it up. It's not a reference to something else. It's you just straight up stealing it. Yes. It's not a it's not a trope or anything. It's just a stolen joke. All of this is happening while this lady who runs this like we said this home, home improvement show, yeah. she has decided to entirely make over an entire town and then she's going to sell the houses, okay? So they do like this big party down there and it sends balloons and confetti up into the air. And I really like when Wednesday first sees this cuz their stupid premise is that they've never left their home. Right. It's a really fucking dumb premise. Uh-huh. It also makes their weirdness not weird. Because if you grew up without ever seeing what normal right. is, yeah. then you couldn't be blamed for thinking weirdness is normal. And that makes it worse because it means that what they're doing is not normal to them. Mm-hmm. I appreciate when they're already mixed in with normal people yeah. and they choose to be the way that they are. Yes. But it leads to a funny line. She sees a balloon in confetti for the first time and she's like, it's so, what's the word? I like it. It's so, what's the word? Opposite of sad? <laughs> Morticia's like, that's strange. Usually there's a homicidal clown attached to one yes, of these. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, the balloon just shows up, and yeah. And which is an I it reference for sure. cotton candy in the air or something, but Gomez, like, tastes it. He's like, tastes like cotton candy. And I think Morticia, it's confetti. Morticia says, how do you know what cotton candy is? <laughs> yeah. like, I was a kid. I made mistakes. <laughs> yes. Like, that's funny. Yeah, uh-huh. But unfortunately, it's all based on the stupid, stupid premise that, that the kids have never left the house. But so, yeah, so they drain... The marsh. And so they decide to, they're like, all right, time to meet the new neighbors. Yeah. Right? They've made this new town. Let's go and say hello. And Gomez is excited to meet these people. And Morticia is not, just like we said, and it creates a wedge between them, which is not what you're looking for from the Adams. Mm -hmm. They should be obsessed with each other in every regard. Yes. But again, it leads to some funniness. They go to a Starbucks and Gomez is looking for coffee, leads to a really stupid end joke. Oh, yeah, he just eats coffee coffee grounds. Like, oh, isn't that funny? When he asks what it is that they're drinking, they say all the things, you know, Uh vanilla blend, whatever. Yeah. Hints of yoga. (laughs) Yes. uh, I love that. uh I love that. I love that just one teeny tiny line of uh hints of yoga. Like, that is so good. Uh More of that, please. Not Fester's handout checking for rain, like subtle visual or dialogue gags. Yes. Yes. Not him eating coffee grounds. That's dumb. No. Illumination, like cartoons, are all about big bombast things that could never happen in real life. Like the most you get out of Adam's Family 91 is, you know, obviously like electrocuting Pugsley or Gomez does a front flip through a window at one point. And then the sword swallowing during the mamushka, you know, like that's that's the kind of impossible stuff you get in this. It's that Pugsley is a landmine expert and he's blowing up 
the house. But no boulders that are being launched by a trebuchet from outside, and he's flipping through the air and explosions, and it's like this is not Adam's family. What the fuck is this? It's a kid's cartoon. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you need more of the subtle stuff, like with the yoga joke. Mm-hmm. Not an entire song about being like everyone else and saying that it's stupid to be w- different. Like, yeah, uh-huh. are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's one thing to have a song be like, it's cool to be part of the crowd. It's cool to be friends with everyone. Well, like, like everything is awesome that. from the Lego movie but worked, I think. Exactly. Yeah. But to just say out loud, don't be different. That makes you weird. Nobody likes a weirdo. Like, come on. We're, you are t- you are trying to You talk could have to been children. more subtle than that, I think. Y- you are but, trying yeah. to speak to children, and that means that you're annoying the adults. Right. You know who wasn't talking to children? Despite the fact that we both saw it as children and loved it. 91's Adam's family. Mm-hmm. That wasn't talking to children, mm-hmm. despite the fact that it was for the, full, the whole family. And this could have done the same thing. But it feels like all they know is just how to make trite kids cartoons. I think it was after this song that I started to be like, oh, man. Yeah. It just, it had a real uphill battle and it could not get up after that. Uh-huh. So, of course, the lady who's created this town hates that you can see their weird, creepy house. So she's like, what if I went in and redid their house or whatever? Mm. So that's the plan. An okay joke coming up here. <laughs> that she spray paints everything and they say, you've done a marvelous yeah, job. Yeah, Oh, this is fantastic. And they're like, okay, now we just got to bring them in and make all these changes. And they're like, oh, we thought you were done. This is great. She's just not done like neon green X's over everything. Like yeah. that's a funny thing that they like that something's been ruined. That's the Adams Family. Okay. I couldn't think of what movie they were absolutely referencing here. Uh-huh. Pugsley is up on the walls, crawling around on the walls with the white eyes. Oh, it's like The Grudge or something. Is it The Grudge? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen The Grudge in so fucking long. It was a funny moment. I'll give them that. I did guffaw because it was just (laughs) so outlandish and Uh weird. But it doesn't match the rest of the film. Right. Uh Uh-huh. He doesn't go around acting weird like that the rest of the movie. Right. He doesn't. Just non sequitur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not a funny one. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that one was okay. But, like, what we mean is... What I think they were going for is those one panels that yeah, you were talking uh-huh. about. Yes. That's but, a very one panel joke, yeah. Yes, but it leads to all kinds of, like, questions. <laughs> Whereas, you tell me that she tries to kill him, Pugsley, uh-huh. and you cut away. My imagination tells me she was unsuccessful in some right. way. We don't need to harp on it. Yeah. This is like, holy shit, he He's has... walking on walls and his yeah, eyes are glowing. Like, and, yeah, does he uh-huh. have powers? Like, what's going on here? Uh-huh. But they're not going to ever bring it up again. Right. And that's the thing. If they brought it up again for like, a, you know, at the end of the movie or whatever, then it would be kind of, you know, a callback. But they don't. Instead, we get him flipping through the, the air with bombs all the time. Yeah. And it's all action-y. Which is not what an Adams Family is. It's an action movie. What the fuck? The most action you should get in an Adams Family movie is a sword fight. I also thought it was weird. I thought it was clear. I thought it was extremely clear from the get-go. And I thought that they actually did a good job of that. That Alice and Janney's daughter does not want to be 
Alice and Janney's daughter. Yes. She wants to be her own self. Uh-huh. For good reason. Like, her mother is, like, overbearing and crazy and whatnot. Yeah. But she calls Wednesday a freak. Because she's been trained to. I understand that's what they're going for. Uh-huh. But they should have made it more clear that, like, she felt uncomfortable calling her a freak. Or that she felt guilty for calling right. her a freak. Yeah. Or that she secretly wants to be that way. Because when she says it, she says it with confidence. And, you know, you could argue, well, that's the actor's fault. Well, the actor can only do so much with their voice. Mm-hmm. There should have been a visual cue. There right. should have been a facial expression, but there wasn't. Like, Everything about the character said that she felt it in that moment. You could have her do a knee-jerk reaction of calling her weird and then visually show her sort of wince. Yes. Like realizing that, oh, my God, I just did that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, oh, that's the my mom's training coming out mm-hmm. involuntarily. Oh, God. Yeah, something like that, but no. But it's fine. They become friends. She changes her whole look to a goth look, shaves the side of her hair and everything. Oh, and the whole reason they're friends is because Wednesday insists on going to a public school. Because she meets her. Yeah, uh-huh. And she's intrigued with her. And I'm like, that's what Morticia should be. Right. Morticia should, should be, be curious. Curious and intrigued with everything. Yeah. Not that she would ever conform but that she'd just be like, hmm, that's interesting. I would want to know about it. There's a great line in 91. They're at the the fundraiser and there's a teacher or a principal no, or something. The, it's at the play. It's at the play. Yes, you're right. It's a school play um, or the talent show or whatever. And it's like pointing out, oh, I'm a little worried about Wednesday because look at this art. This, they're talking about, oh, who they look up to or who they respect or whatever, or who's their, who, who they want to be when they grow up. And this person did the president and this person did such and such. And, and Morticia's like, have you spoken to their parents? Yes, <laughs> like, it's, it's great. So good. And then the teacher's like, well, let's look at Wednesdays. And it's of a woman uh, being burned to death. And she's yeah. like, oh, yes. That is her great aunt, whatever. Uh-huh. Like, she was burned at the stake. Wednesday has such ambitions, but we've told her college first yes uh-huh. and like that's what i love i uh-huh. love that they embrace their weirdness but they're also like my, t- my child yeah, needs to they go have, to school they have no problem with interacting with real quote-unquote normal people mm-hmm. and they're just completely oblivious almost to their weirdness whereas here it's almost like she's worried that her daughter will become normal and it's like that is not it's relatable but it's not morticia morticia not shouldn't morticia. be relatable <laughs> No. <laughs> Only in, like, weird, abstract extremes should she ever really be relatable. Sucked. It yeah. really, really sucks. Uh-huh. Because they had to turn her into this whole, like, no, I want you to be like me. And it's like, wait a minute. Again, the whole point of the Adams family is that they choose their weirdness. Uh-huh. They embrace it. They don't feel forced to do it. And that sucks. Uh-huh. Oh, but they just had to learn that lesson by the end. But that's not a story I want to see. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going. Let's finish this. Yeah, uh uh-huh. It shows up. The whole family shows up. It shows up to drop it like it's hot because two reasons. Number one, it always arrives in a weird car with a song playing, a popular rap song playing, because it was played by Snoop Dogg. Yes. For no reason. For no reason. You can't tell. For no reason. There is a moment where he does kind of sound like he's saying la di da di da You know what I mean? Like, But it's all like sped up and squeaky. But other than that, 
There's no reason this needs to be Snoop Dogg. They wanted to put his name on that title card at the end of the trailer and have people go, what? And then they wanted to use his song, drop it like it's hot, drop it. What does that have to do with anything? Nope. And they censor it too, because you need to censor <laughs> yep, it. Yep, yep. I've got the radio mom and I'm pouring Sean Don and I'm all the best because I got it going on. There's also a really stupid line and I'm like, really? Watchmen? Watchmen? She goes to school and she meets the bully, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you're you stuck in here with me." That I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. I don't think you understand. I'm not locked up in here with you, Bethany. You're locked up in here with me. What do you seem to understand? I'm not locked in here with you. <laughs> you're locked in here with me. What? It's not a reference to anything. It's just a straight up stolen element. From Watchmen, which I'm just, what is the connection? It, well, some, it's just was supposed one of the to be, writers from Watchmen? I'm so confused. It's just supposed to be funny that Wednesday is so intimidating and aggressive and crazy. Like you think, oh, we just put it in this different context and now it's a new joke. No, it operates the exact same way that it does in Watchmen. You just... Stole it. I also hate that they did the whole, like, Frankenstein thing. And she didn't say, now I know what it is to be God. It's a lie! In the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. I was expecting that line. Right, but they do say the- They say all the All the stuff leading up to it, yeah. uh And I was expecting her to say it, and I was excited for it, because I wanted to see Wednesday being, now I know what it is to be God, and she doesn't say it! And I was like, missed opportunity, Uh movie. There's a battleship joke, which doesn't make any sense. They're playing battleship, and Morticia says B6, or whatever the hell she says, and, you know, of course, the joke is that Pugsley has real bombs set up, and they hit Fester, who doesn't seem to be playing, and he comes down, he comes crashing down in his bathtub. You, you sunk my battleship. What? I, was he playing with a battleship in the boat? I I mean, in the tub? And even if he was, how did that sink it? (laughs) Don't like these jokes. You sunk my battleship. You sunk my battleship. Oh, we haven't mentioned, I just want to say here... Jennifer Lewis is in this movie as great Auntie Sloom. She's the one who's going to be grading Pugsley's Saber Mazurka and basically deciding if it if he qualifies to be a member of the family or not. Jennifer Lewis, she's in a lot of things, but there's one thing that I always, always, always think of, and me and my old roommate used to quote it all the time, and I'm very, very sorry if this is awful and I shouldn't be saying this, but there's a great line. She plays... The shoveler's wife in Mystery Men. Okay. She basically tells him to give up. The line is, you're a good husband and a good father, but that's all. Nothing more. And their son looks up at him and goes, I believe in you, daddy. (laughs) And then you just hear her. Uh, Roland, do not encourage your father. It's just so good. It's all I think of. But she plays great Auntie Sloom. I think she's a really good voice, too. There are some good voices in this. A couple of quick funny lines from the, from the Wednesday storyline. When she shows up with the barrette in her hair. Yeah. 
Morticia. I don't like that Morticia doesn't like it, but it's, it leads to a funny line. Morticia asks her, what is that? And she goes, they call it a pop of color. <laughs> what are you wearing? Parker calls it a pop of color. Well, because she has a line <laughs> later on. Where, like, they're hanging out in in her friend's room, and they take a picture for Instagram or whatever, and like, oh, what filter should we use? And she says she doesn't care, because she looks black and white in all of them. And so then this, you know, up against the pop of color line, like, that's good stuff. I like that she then says, whatever the friend's name is, she says, it brings out my smile. And Morticia <laughs> goes, you don't have a smile. And once it goes... There's a lot you don't know about me. Like, I like yeah, that, uh -huh. like, because, you know, teenagers are hard to deal with as a parent, and they they go through all these changes, and they want to shock you, and that's the whole point here. But I just love that, like, that's what shocks her, like, pops of color and smiles, uh -huh. and later she'll say pink is a gateway color. Like, these are funny <laughs> lines, but, but I not, don't want them yes. from Morticia. Yes, exactly. And I wrote down, like, the tone is kind of all over the place with the different music randomly sliced in here. Yeah. It goes from legitimate Adam's Family to kids movie constantly. It's a back and forth. It's a tug of war. And I have it's written down here. To watch. My note is Everybody Hurts, sung by Lurch, very illumination, just random popular songs. Yes. The funny thing is, is that a lot of people had the same complaint about um, Suicide Squad. I disagree. I felt that Suicide Squad used those songs thematically. Right, but, like, you get four songs in the first five minutes. I know that that bothers people. I don't mind a lot of pop songs as long as they work thematically. Uh -huh. And the thing about the one that you just said, it... That's probably the most the thematic. The most thematic of all it's of It's also them. diegetic, but not every song is diegetic. It's just soundtrack and... But sometimes... Lurch will play music, and I, I didn't write any of it down because I thought it was garbage. You would sometimes play songs, and I was just like, what is, why? What is this song doing in this movie yeah, right now? Uh -huh. It's just so that we can have a funny scene of Lurch playing the piano. There's a whole moment in the beginning when they first move there where Lurch keeps trying to play the organ, right? And Thing is just like, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down to all the songs he's playing. And they'll get it because Lurch knows all this music, and he's really good at the organ, and it just goes on. And on and on. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wrote down, unfortunately, the mazurka, unlike the mamushka, is not interesting it's to not watch. It's not interesting to watch at all. It's not. The one thing I will give them is that it came out of nowhere. They didn't even mention it. I would have liked to have had some hints to it. He immediately just hing and then pop grows all this facial hair. And then everything but his Adam's mustache stays behind. Well, because he, no, uh, Gomez shaves it for him. Oh, yeah, that's he what it is. makes it grow, yes. and then Gomez, Gomez shaves, it off. shaves it off. Which is fine, because we'll see in Adam's Family Values that when they have a third kid, the kid a has a mustache. Totally fine with that. And then when he fails at the Sabre Mazurka, the mustache falls off. Oh, does it? Yeah, I you can't tell because that. it's blonde. Yeah, it's very difficult to tell. I, I mean... You see it when it first pops because uh -huh. it's so it's obvious. It's a full beard, yeah. But even in the shot right after that, when he's far away, I was like, I can barely tell that he has a beard right now. Yeah. It's just like his hair is basically the color of his skin. And so, yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, he does fail. But then when Allison Janney rallies everyone in the town by using, we haven't even mentioned this. 
She has all these fake profiles on their local, you know, next door Facebook oh, app. it's a very uninteresting story. But she uses it to rile everyone up, find out what they're interested in, and listen in. She has cameras in everyone's home because she's the one who she renovated them. She knows all them. their weird secrets. And that's kind of the point is that everybody is secretly weird, just uh-huh. unlike the Adams family who are weird out in the open. Like the girl who sits backwards on the toilet. Where am I supposed to rest my arms? That's an SNL joke, yo. Is like, it really? Yes. Like they just keep stealing jokes through this movie. Wow. But... Yes, you're right. The point is, is that everyone's weird in some way. Deal with it. But so she uses all the information she has to rile up everyone in the town and become a new mob. And like I say, they have like this trebuchet or I don't know, it might be a catapult. I think it's a trebuchet, though. And they just keep hurling rocks at the family who's there during the Saber Mazurka. Gomez is like, I should have loved you for who you were. Do your, do, you do your thing. And then he does the saber mazurka, but with bombs. And then destroy, like, it just goes on. How many fucking boulders are they supposed to be throwing? And it's so fucking annoying. It's not funny or wacky. It's just boring. I, I just mm-hmm. couldn't wait for it to be over. Wednesday, who refused to show up. Because she was hanging out with her friend, and then that's where they found all the footage, you know, the the room that she has with all the all the screens and everything. Shows up, and the pet tree pulls them out like it's poltergeist, right? Uh, pulls them out and saves the whole family. And when the family is scared and being pulled out by the tree, everyone's like, oh my god, they're real. They have feelings. What have we done? And that's like how the movie resolves itself. Mm-hmm. So they realize that, well, they realize that they were being jerks, but then also her daughter's like, also my mom has been watching you all. And they're like, what the fuck? She gets no comeuppance. Well, because she ends up marrying Fester. Or just, yeah, whatever. weird and crazy. And the, he, he's been talking about how much he likes her this whole time because she's insane. Uh-huh. There was a, like a lead up with it and Tully's wife in the 91 where they meet she's horrified and then they dance and she she's talking like normal and then they're outside and they're actually really getting along there's a connection and then like it just elevates and it keeps on going Fester says something weird about liking this lady and it's funny and then all of a sudden at the end of the movie they're like a couple and selling houses together and that's the only thing that happens to her their whole joke is addicts to die for. And I was like, ah, yeah, you just uh-huh. ruined a joke I really liked at yeah. the beginning of the movie by saying addicts are to die for. And that doesn't make any sense. It's just a stupid line. And then they do a theme song, sing along at the end. And then that's the end of the movie. Such a missed opportunity. There's a lot to really like about this. And it's just full of nonsense. Pablum. Just, ugh. And that's what makes it disappointing. It's another one of those movies where we're just disappointed. (laughs) It's so funny. I wish I could remember why we didn't particularly like Despicable Me. We saw it in theaters. I thought it was fine. The people we saw it with liked it a whole hell of a lot more than we did. I do not understand those Facebook moms that are obsessed with minions. Okay. They weren't like that. But but they they walked out and they're like, that was very good. And both me and Chris were like, was it? (laughs) And then it just fucking blew up. It's a bummer. I wish that that wasn't the new animation style. I'm fine with some of it. But it's just, you just... You have a process. 
You have an art style. You have a comedy style. This is how you tell jokes. This is how you tell stories. And then you just shove a setting and a bunch of big name actors that have never done voice work before in their lives. Steal a bunch of jokes. Have people do flips. I would like to see some real looking characters. I'd like to see some human looking characters. I'm fine with these because they were always weird looking. Yeah, but I'm kind of like... All the I way feel back this to way the about everybody. I feel this way about Disney. I feel this way about Illumination. I feel this way about DreamWorks. What happened to finesse? What happened to really taking the time to make it look legit? No one's doing it anymore. That's the problem. Yeah. No one is taking that kind of time. Like, where are our Ralph Bakshi movies? <laughs> Just that messy, rotoscoped look, you know? Where are those movies? Anyway, Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to guess it's like a 50. 45. There you go. The Addams Family's starry voice cast and eye-catching animation aren't enough to outweigh its saccharine handling of the delightfully dark source material. Metacritic of 46, but a cinema score of B+. Despite what we think, people walk out of this movie happier than they walked out of the 91 version. Yeah. Do you think that it's overrated or underrated? Maybe slightly underrated? Sure. I'm gonna give it a 49. Not even up to 50, huh? No, it did some egregious things to my Adams family that I really didn't care about. Yeah, that's fair. They really, really hurt a character I really love, Morticia. I've actually always wanted Tish. to dress up as Morticia, but I've never had the body, so I just never uh, did. I love Morticia. I always wanted to be Wednesday, but then I got too old to be Wednesday, so. So Tim Burton is finally making Adam's Family. No, they're just making the show, In right? the form of the Wednesday show. Yes. Yeah, with the chick from Scream 5, 6, 5. She should be an elementary school kid. Oh, yeah, but that's not... That doesn't play with the goth 14-year-olds. You know this is going to be half of Hot Topic is going to be Wednesday stuff. Just wait for it. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be obnoxious be cool as fuck. if they fuck. did like old school Wednesday stuff? It would be, but that's not what they're going to do. <laughs> they got to appeal to the tweens. Uh, I will give it just a straight 50. I feel like for every good thing I can think about it, there's bad things, but for the most part, it's just meh. Yeah, it's just meh. And I think that's the best way I could describe the movie. So, Kelsey, that is our double feature. The late night double feature, feature show. On The Adams Family, what are we watching next week? We're going to watch how society molds men into psychos next week. <laughs> Yes. We're going to watch American Psycho. Finally, we're getting American Psycho in. And Green Room. Green Room, which is our 500th movie movie we've covered on the show. (laughs) Green Room. It's a great movie. It's very good. If you're thinking the math doesn't add up, well, we do episodes in the new year that are best and worst of. And those still count as episode numbers, but they they don't have new movies in them. So that's why the math isn't adding up. So, yeah, our 500th movie is going to be Green Room, along with American Psycho, as 
how society molds men into monsters. <laughs> that is next week. Until then, you can find us on our website, podcemetery.com, on Twitter at podcemetery, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcemetery, where our next episode is all about kid and family horror. Don't forget to subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review. A five-star written review is the biggest help you can give us there. But even bigger than that is sharing us with your friends. And even bigger than that is just listening in the GD first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey... Any last words? They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play, dance how they want to dance, kick in they slap a friend, and family. Now I was cool, cool, and just kicking it around, around the house. Town. What a knock, a knock, a knock, and a voice, yo, can have them come out? Uh, now I don't mind my being a friend and showing a little bit of flavor, but Wednesday, Bugsley, Gomez, Festa, man, them some strange neighbors. Which is something to the effect of, and we'll include the quote here so we I don't have to get it right. Something to the effect of um for you, the day M. Bison showed up in your village is the most important day of your entire life. For me, it was a Tuesday. Yes. If you lay on that glass, I'll scan you. Quiet time starts. My heart will go on. I don't even remember him playing that. Hi. Hey, what? What? I can't fit on top of this chair. Well, then stop climbing up there. Honey, you shovel better than any man I've ever known, but that does not make you a superhero. <laughs> I didn't know that. Hmm. The Grinch was directed by Scott Mosier. Who's that? He's Kevin Smith's producer. He's been making movies with Kevin Smith ever since Clerks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but this, the dialogue was so quiet. It, they were all talking at this tone. And then the music was. 